Alrighty. As I mentioned before, this is a, um, I think the second to last message we got. Julie Sampson's bringing us a final instalment next weekend uh, around this Transform series, which originated with uh, Rick Warren and the Saddleback Church in America. And I have found it really quite helpful. Some of his material is just continues to reinforce and stir the pot in my own life and I trust that God's spoken into my heart this week with something that'll stir your heart around this one, this message today. I observed last week with preaching about relationships at Parkside that um, the previous sessions to last week about relationships were essentially focused on our inner world and what happens with us in our spirit, our mind and our emotions. And, uh, and our physical health. and They're all kind of personal things that we can manage and take care of. Um, and the relationship message that I preached, and um, I haven't had a chance to listen to Anna's just yet, but I'm going to get to that. Um, the, it appeared to me that that's kind of the place where what's happened on the inside starts to get some runs on the outside. And so my ability to relate to people authentically and appropriately originates with the work of God on the inside. So my mental, spiritual, emotional and physical being is bringing the best me to the table for good relationships, not only with him, but with you and you with me conversely. And I found as I thought about that, that this message about finances is in the same ilk. In other words, it's about what happens in here and in here that I think settles the deal as to whether we actually manage our financial world well and that that's a statement that's got therefore nothing to do with how much money we have or haven't got, how much wealth we have or have not got. It's about how healthy we are here, here, physically and relationally and then our financial world regardless of means is something that can actually be healthy. Say healthy. So this message is not about financial wealth or well-being. This is a message about financial health. Say health again. It's about being healthy around the arena of finance. And that, from what I've observed traveling around the world, it's really, really obvious that, that means makes a difference to lots of things. In other words, how, what sort of resources you have at your disposal, I've got at mine, and how I use them, it varies heaps, but it's certainly not a litmus test about how healthy people are in here or in here. You can have almost nothing in the way of wealth and be the happiest person in the world. You can be the person with the most peace. You can sleep like a baby on a mat on the ground. Um, and a person who lives in a penthouse with all the whistles and bells on the 100th floor looking down at that person could look at them with a sense of, if they had any compassion, it's like, poor person. Might be that the person who's in the dirt is actually way richer than the person in the tower. And I want to say to you that your financial health is something that matters to God. Um, how we manage what it is that he's put in our hands and understanding behind that, he's put you in this time and place in your family with the resources that have become available to you for his purpose. It's like, or if I could have chosen a different path, I might have. Many of us in this room could say that possibly. But I want to tell you, God's not looking for a different path uh, in, the, in the one sense of the word, he's looking for the path. The path is the kingdom of God. So I, I want to tell you this verse from Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. This is not what I thought I'd be preaching about this morning, but this verse, this line in this verse will change your life. 
I believe this morning, if I can get this out of my head and heart the way God wanted me to, to present it this morning. Let me read it to you from the NIV. Verse 10, verse 10 in chapter 6, Matthew's Gospel, after the bit where it says, Our Father. The next line is, um, and hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That verse right there will change your financial world. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't know about you. Let me go back to the previous few lines of that prayer. The first, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Think about what we're praying as we say that. Holy be your name. Is God's name holy because we say it is? So why are, we, why are we praying a prayer for his name to be holy? Mmm, plot thickens. Okay, just hold that thought. You might be thinking about that. Your kingdom come. When you pray that prayer, if you've prayed that prayer, and when you've prayed that prayer, are you the kind of person, and you might oscillate between being different types of people, if you're like me, multiple personalities and all, um, <laughs> You could stand with a view, I'm going to pray for your kingdom to come. So it's up to God. I'm asking God to do something. I'm asking God to send the Holy Spirit. I'm asking God to rearrange the furniture. I'm asking God to take out all the evil people. I'm asking God to stop this and start that and let your kingdom of grace, mercy and peace just flourish. It's kind of like, I can pray that and then sit down and do nothing. I can have a mindset like that. But this prayer is not that. This prayer is, your kingdom come. I'm kind of feeling like God's saying to me, Bruce, you're actually praying that prayer so that you will choose my kingdom. Yeah. Say it again, Bruce, choose my kingdom. So I need to be praying that his kingdom will come so that I'll choose it. The prayer is about changing me not asking God to do something. The prayer is about me getting into the zone where my choice is, is this a kingdom choice or a me choice? Is this a kingdom choice or um, I'm gonna camouflage my self-centeredness, I'm actually thinking about other people. We are crafty, tricky beasts. The Bible says we're evil from the moment of birth and every inclination of the heart is evil. It's like, fool, do you like that? That's the Bible talking to you and me. It's not... That's not God being accusative. It's just saying, you sometimes don't understand, Bruce, how broken you are. On your best day of trying to be the nicest person to the nicest to the uh, the nicest person to the most needy person, you've got to pray this prayer. Always, your kingdom come to put my manipulative self-centeredness out of the picture, because I've got that, and I got some good news for you. You might like to hear this, but so have you. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't tell us that we're like that to our face. The bottom line is, I need to pray this prayer, your kingdom come. Oh God, I do pray your kingdom come on me, in me, and through me. On me, in me, and through me. There's a part in which God does throw his kingdom at us by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God moving in hearts stirs up the kingdom. But as much as it's up to you and me, I think God wants us to understand something profound here. Your kingdom come is about choice. Yeah. 
our choice. It's a scary thing. I'm so, not that I want to get mixed up with the wrong side of the fence, but I'm pro-choice. Just being a little naughty there. But I am pro-choice. I am pro-God giving us, at the very beginning, choice. I've said this before from this pulpit, the most important dimension of the kingdom of God is it is not imposed. It's not a mandate, bad word to use at the moment. It's not a mandated kingdom, it's a chosen kingdom. It exists, it's real, but you and I are invited, not forced, let me say it again, we're invited to choose to live in it. Makes sense. And that applies to our financial world. Now, I just want to, I tried to get an analogy, so I asked Kirby to give this little graphic up so we can whack that picture up, please, Gav. Um, we've been to Europe a number of times over the last 15, 16 years, and uh, I've realised that Australian dollars mean diddly in Vienna. You go to a shop with a $100 note, and they won't take it. It's like, well, it's a $100 note. What's your problem? It doesn't actually buy anything in Europe because you need euros in Europe or American dollars perhaps if you, they might have a bit more clout but anyway that's another story. My analogy is you need to have the currency of the kingdom that you're living in to do business in the kingdom. You need the currency of the kingdom to do business in the kingdom you find yourself in. Now Google Maps is very clever. As you can see across the little band there, I put from home, that's Little Hampton, South Australia, by the way. I asked Google to find me a way to get to Vienna. And it said, can't find a way there. Poor old Google. Obviously, the band up there's got car, train, foot, uh, not sure what, probably a taxi passenger or something, push bike. It actually has got aeroplanes, so I don't know why it's so confused. Honestly, it's not that hard to get in a, well it is at the moment, but um, to get in a plane to fly to Vienna when things are normal, but you've got to choose, say choose. choose. If you want to do business in Austria, you can send money there, but it needs to be converted, or you can choose to go there and start earning a living in euros and then do business in euros. So the analogy may not work the whole way down the track, but hear me out. I think there's an analogy there for us to understand. We bring our hard-earned dollars, Australian dollars, to, to God as an offering. There's a spiritual exchange. Say exchange. We don't give money to God to get money. We give God money because we love him, we worship him, we honour him. And it's a... It's a uh, let me say, it's, it's a taste. It's a taste of a choice. It's a, God doesn't want my offering. He wants me. Yeah. Let me say that again. He'd much rather me than my offering. But my offering's going to indicate to me how much of me I'm prepared to give to him. Yeah. If I'm not prepared to give him an offering, there's a fair chance I'm not prepared to give him me. And so he gives us opportunity after opportunity, week in, week out in a church like ours, to bring an offering so that I'll get in my thick head, maybe I ought to choose to give my life again and again and again and again to God. His kingdom's generous. His kingdom's limitless. Do I live with a limitless view of finance? I probably don't if I don't live in the kingdom. 
But if I'm gonna live in the kingdom, I can't, I'm not talking about deluding myself about having unlimited wealth or means at all. But if miracles are miracles and we need resources to do something for the kingdom, do you reckon God's gonna pay for it? Yes. Oh, come on. Is God gonna pay for what he actually orders? Yes. He is. And so how does he do that? Well, in this planet at the moment, when the kingdom's sort of meshed between two places, like Austria's actually a real place, so is the kingdom of God. But it's, you, you and I have got to choose, say choose, we've got to choose to go there. I hope this is just helping you have a bit of a thing because it kind of messes me a little bit. Listen, Jesus was blunt about this. In John chapter 8, verse 23, he continued, you are from below, he's talking to the crowd, I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world. Hmm, so we've got a problem. How do we connect with the world that's not of this world? We actually bring an offering to the king of kings in that kingdom and somehow, miraculously, he actually helps us to connect with his kingdom. I'm not talking about paying for miracles. I'm not talking about paying for salvation. I'm not talking about the old uh, Luther's discrepancy with the Catholic Church about indulgences, a penny for your sins. I'm talking about there being a mechanism that God's given us as a gift to bring offerings that put a springboard in our heart to choose him and to choose his kingdom again and again and again. Is this helping anybody? I hope that it certainly is. John 18, 36, 37 says this, my kingdom is not of this world. I mean, I don't know how many times Jesus has to say it for Bruce to get it. My kingdom's not of this world. What are you worried about your clothes and how much money you've got and where you live and what you're gonna do with this? That's not the kingdom. The kingdom's not of this world. But I wanna participate in that because I've been called to live in it. And how do I do that? I start on a journey of learning how to be a generous giver of offerings to God because it seems to me that's a doorway or it's a, it's a uh, that's probably the wrong word to use because I don't want to convey the issue that it's, it's paying for anything. It's not paying for anything. It's actually a, a mechanism of transforming my heart and your heart, our hearts, to be people who will choose the kingdom over this earth every time. When you get to a point where it's choosing kingdom of God or kingdom of Bruce, that's my, my call, and in your case, Anna, it's, it's kingdom of Anna, right? In your case, Kirsten, it's kingdom of Kirsten, and you, know, you get the deal, right? But when it comes to that, yes, that Bruce too, flies over there, kingdom of Bruce. Um, when there's a choice to be made, I'm hoping my journey of discovering how faithful God is in the arena of finance that I'll choose the kingdom. I'm hoping that the life of living amongst you guys in this house for 26 years has built into me this sense of, I'm gonna pray and believe that his kingdom's gonna come. That is, I'm gonna choose the kingdom when it comes down to push and shove. Um, does that mean that life's gonna be easy? Not at all. It's a great story in, in Acts chapter 21 where Paul gets prophesied over at a church and they say to him, this guy rocks up and says, oh, you're gonna get, takes his belt off, ties his hands up, ties his feet, you're gonna get arrested in Jerusalem and uh, you're not gonna survive basically. And so all of the current church leaders at that time said, well, simple, don't go to Jerusalem. And he said, no, I've got to, Holy Spirit's told me I've gotta go, so I've gotta go. The kingdom of God is not a walk in the park. 
The kingdom of God is not about comfort. It's about obedience. It's about knowing that that's where I'm at. There's no point going to Vienna in Austria, in my view, and deciding to live there and then longing to come home. Like if I'm going to move into the kingdom, I'm going to move into the kingdom of God. And I'm going to start playing my life according to the rules he sets in his word. So I'm going to be not a reluctant forgiver. I'm not going to be wondering whether I should forgive. I'm just going to say your kingdom come. You're forgiven. Your will be done. So Paul says, well, no, I've got to go. And it says in verse 14, when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up, that's all the disciples, and said, listen to this, the Lord's will be done. For Paul, that meant exactly what that prophet had said. He got into Jerusalem, got into all sorts of trouble, got arrested, got dragged before the courts, and he got stoned to death at one point, gets uh, sent off to a governor down at Caesarea, and ends up on a boat to Rome, where he is martyred eventually. That was the Lord's will for his life. That's not a nice story. It's not a story about comfortable living in Australia. It's not about a, lot, a story about doing your own thing. It's my choice. I'll do what I want. No, no, when I live in his kingdom, I'll do what he wants. What does God want? Am I a kingdom person, kingdom of God person? And I put it to you that our transformation in our financial world is not possible to be, it's not possible to be healthy regardless of means without having a revelation about whose you are. All right. So when is in his kingdom, I use my finance in his kingdom. Spend or expend your resources in the kingdom as you explore it. Giving, helping, praying, visiting, give of yourself. That's, that's how I participate in his kingdom. The big question is, am I? And I can leave that as a hanging question, not as a condemning question. Please don't hear this as a condemnation at all. This is a question of internal pondering. Have I got this sorted or do I need to get on my knees and keep praying the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then the next day, oh, I stuffed that up. Today, Lord, I was a, yeah, okay, that happened and I did this and I did that and it's like your kingdom didn't really come from that conversation. Um... Oh, I had those thoughts about that situation. They weren't exactly godly either. Okay, maybe tomorrow I'll pray again, your kingdom come. Again, it's about me getting a moment where God shifts my world to line up with his world. Jesus was on about one thing. He said in Matthew 16, I will build my church. People wonder why, why does church ask for offerings? Because Jesus said, I'll build my church. We live in a world that operates with regards to Money is, I mean, Solomon, with all his wisdom, said money is the solution of all things. You've got enough money, you can do anything. And the Bible doesn't shy away from that. It just doesn't shy, it doesn't persuade or uh, pushes into a place of pursuing money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not, it's not the, the money itself. And so as we have wealth, we've got to decide what we're going to do with it. If we haven't got any wealth, then we've got to decide what we're going to do about that. But God wants us to live in his kingdom, regardless of what we've got or haven't got. Do I want to participate in his kingdom coming? Then get your financial world in order. 
and prioritise the kingdom? Is it a priority? Is it a budget line in your life? Or is it a leftover at the end of the week? It's, it's, it's like, where are you at? There's no wrong or right answer in some respects to that question uh, from a point of view of, of saying you're wrong or right. Is a question of, in here, is your conscience clear? Is, is your heart sweet before God? Could you stand in front of the creator of the heavens and the earth and say, Lord, I've completely surrendered this area of my life to you. It's yours. I understand your Bible makes it very clear that everything I've got's come from you. Say, Lord, and I stand before you believing the kingdom's coming or am I hanging on to my kingdom? I've got a nice little Bruce Williams kingdom. Well, in my little head anyway. It's like, how big do I want to be? So bringing offerings into your local church is the primary way people are reached in our communities. This place, this, this facility the market, not happening this year, but it's a place where people interact with and they don't always understand that they're connecting with people who are in the kingdom and that's how the kingdom grows. You know, we can feed the hungry, we can clothe the naked, we can house the homeless, we can teach the uneducated, we can change lives for sure. But one example of an organisation that has evidence of community transformation is Compassion. Some of you here I know sponsor kids through Compassion. Compassion is a great Christian organisation. They, from the outset, have decided that feeding hungry kids, housing homeless and unsheltered kids, etc., all those benevolent activities are not going to transform a life to the extent that it could be if all those programs were located in a thriving local church. And so compassion operates out of a church context, bringing all those ministries of love, compassion, care, and nurture to particularly young people out of a church. To me, it's sort of an affirmation that the church is where it's at. We might not feel like the sharp end of the pencil in the Adelaide Hills, but I've got to tell you, you ought to have an attitude that we are. Yeah. We are the sharp end of the pencil. We've got the answer. We've got the keys to eternal life in our lives because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, I've done way more talking than I should have. I'm about time to wrap up. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bup, 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 yep. Okay, got a couple of highlighted sentences here, then I'll, I will stop because time's getting away from us. Healthy finances are not reflected on how much money I have, but by what those finances are financing. Let me say that again. Healthy finances are not reflected by how much money you or I have, but what, what those finances are financing. Um, I don't think there's too many people on their deathbeds that are actually seriously contemplating, I wish I could take my, well they might be, but Money as a quantity becomes irrelevant at the end of your life. No matter how much money you've got, you're going to die. Doesn't matter how smart you are, you're going to die. Doesn't matter what you've done with your life, you're going to die. But, but at that moment of death, for me, I'd like to look back and think, I chose carefully where I spent what God gave me. I gave, I shared. I don't want to leave you lying there whenever that looks like and whenever it looks like going, gee, I wish I had. I wish I could have. I should have. 
I could have done that, could have done more. The end of, uh, the, there was a movie on TV last night called Schindler's List. I don't know if you've watched it. It's a fairly disturbing movie about a fairly psychotic part of the Nazi regime in the Second World War and Schindler rescued a whole bunch of Jewish people in a factory. And at the end of the movie, he's absolutely brokenhearted. Why didn't I, why didn't I spend more money? Why didn't I help more people? Why didn't I take more risks? He, he's weeping tears. He sees hundreds of people in his factory that have been rescued. The war comes to an end. And, but he's broken because he's regretting that he didn't do more. I don't want to be like that. I want to choose the kingdom. Can you stand with me to our feet this morning? I'm absolutely convinced, no matter what state your finances are in, that one of the smartest steps you could take is to pray this prayer over your finances. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Don't ask God to show you how to pay that bill. Don't ask God to show you how to get out of debt. Don't ask God to show you the practical steps. You can get help with that. We all can. There's, there's ways of doing that. But I'm convinced that the pre-step to that is for me and you to approach God with this mindset. Lord, when it comes to my financial health, your kingdom come. And I reckon it'll unlock some amazing miracles of provision, amazing miracles of, oh, I did not see that coming in Jesus' wonderful name. So as I mentioned earlier in the meeting today, with all that in mind, I want you to, during the singing of this last worship song today, to bring your offerings to the Lord. If you've already done the transaction online, you know what I, I hope you know what I mean. Fill out something, write something on a piece of paper, just say, God, maybe you need to write on the, on the offering slip this morning before you bring it out. Your kingdom come, your will be done over my offering. That'd be a good idea. Your kingdom come, your will be done over my financial wealth. Your kingdom come, your will be done over my physical health. Whatever the area of need, your kingdom come, your will be done. Let me pray right now that over us. Father, today I pray that this word that's buzzing in my spirit this morning would get on every soul. Lord, that we'd lay down some of the things we're hoping for, wanting to happen, we've been petitioning you for, but Lord, we've been looking at it through another lens than this one. And I pray right now we can see it through this lens, the lens of your kingdom coming and your will be done. Give us courage, Lord, like Paul had to face a tough season. He faced insurmountable problems because he was determined to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So I pray courage over those of us that are intimidated this morning. I pray for uh, forgiveness to flow out of hearts where there's been hardness of heart. I pray, Lord, that where our finances have become a mess because our priorities are just all over the place, that we get a picture of starting to submit our life and our finances to the kingdom of God and we'll see order and abundance and uh, uh, just a sense of generosity and goodness sweep over us in Jesus' wonderful name. Bless these offerings, Lord, as they've been brought and as they are brought today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I've talked a lot about God, talked a lot about Jesus, talked about the kingdom coming. If you don't know Jesus, if you're listening online and you're wondering, well, what's the deal with this? You can become a Christian this morning, right here, right now, by praying a prayer with us that invites Jesus into your life. It's actually an extension of the idea of this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That is a step of faith for any person. And if you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life, 
He is your Saviour. You just have to believe that. He wants to become your Lord. That's something that you choose. You choose to submit to Him. Uh, He's a Lord regardless of what you do, by the way. But He's not a Lord in your life until you choose for Him to be. And then He is the Lord of your life. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, we can pray that in a moment. But you need to slip your hand up and say, that's me, Bruce. Can I pray that prayer? I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to become a Christ follower and I want His kingdom to come in my life. Anyone at all need to make that bit of business happen this morning? Give me a little wave. Thank you, Lord. God bless you, church. Remain standing. We're going to sing this song.